Well, if we were playing Jeopardy and I gave you the answer, Shrek's friend, what would you say? No, you would say, who is Donkey? (laughs) Who is Donkey? Donkey is Shrek's friend, voiced by Eddie Murphy, and I think he steals the show. Uh, Some say that it's a crime even that Donkey hasn't gotten his own movie yet. But in the Shrek films, he is the ever-talking, ever-upbeat, ever-annoying friend. He also gets some of the best lines. This summer we were looking at the various animals in the Bible and the lessons that we can learn from the stories about these animals. And donkeys show up in a big way in the Bible. So what lesson can we learn from donkeys? Well, if it's the donkey in Shrek, we learn such things as parfaits are delicious. In his annoying nonstop chatter, donkey asked Shrek, you know what else everybody likes? Parfaits. Have you ever met someone, you say, let's get some parfait, and they say, no, I don't like parfait. Parfaits are delicious. Well, that's one thing we learn from the donkey and Shrek. We also learn from Shrek's friend that waffles are dangerous. In the middle of the forest, donkey's eyes light up when he sees something that he likes even better than parfaits, waffles. Yeah, waffles, he says. And I thought the waffle fairy was just a bedtime story. Sticky stacks of golden syrupy deliciousness. Shrek tells him, don't eat it. Don't eat it. There's a stack of freshly made waffles in the middle of the forest. Don't you find that a wee bit suspicious? But Donkey can't resist, and he finds himself in a trap. So waffles are dangerous. And a third Donkey lesson from Shrek is the position of annoying talking animal is already taken. When Puss in Boots the cat wants to be Shrek's friend, Donkey tells him, sorry, the position of annoying talking animal is already taken. But you know, talking animals didn't begin when DreamWorks created the Shrek movies. Nor when Disney created all their movies. In fact, Donkey isn't even the first annoying talking donkey. That title goes not to Shrek's friend, but to Balaam's donkey in the Bible. So let's look at donkeys in the Bible and see if they can teach us something more profound than parfaits are delicious. And we'll start start with Balaam's talking donkey in Numbers chapter 22. You may have heard this story called the story of Balaam's talking ass. And this always used to get a lot of giggles back in Sunday school when we had the King James Version of the Bible. Because back when the King James Version was translated, the, the word for a donkey was ass. It's only later that the word donkey came along. And of course, the kids always had to snicker about that. Um, but Ass in the Bible has nothing to do with somebody's behind. And today, I'll read the New International Version, and you won't even have to worry about that, because it uses the word donkey. Now, a little background to the story there in Numbers 22. Balaam is a prophet of God, but he's not among the Israelites whom Moses is leading out of slavery in Egypt. And when the thousands of Israelites 
these refugees from slavery in Egypt reach the country of Moab, which is across the Jordan from the Promised Land, the king of Moab, Balak, Balak is worried, as some people are today, about so many refugees coming into his country. He thinks that, that they're, these refugees and their animals will just eat up everything like the locust plagues that we talked about last week. And so he tries to hire Balaam to put a curse on the Jews so that he can defeat them and drive them out of his country. Now, at first, Balaam resists because God tells him not to do that. Don't curse these people. But the Moabite officials put more and more pressure on him. They offer him more and more, and eventually he sets off for Moab riding his trusty donkey, and we'll pick up the story in verse 21. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat it with his staff. That kind of makes you sick, doesn't it? This is no Shrek movie, that's for sure. Balaam is beating the tar out of his poor donkey, and all the while the donkey is just trying to keep him safe. But then in a miracle of God, Balaam's donkey becomes the first to take the position of annoying talking animal when God gives it human speech. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You've made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. It's interesting here, or at least I find it interesting, that Balaam doesn't seem to be surprised that his donkey is talking to him. <laughs> but, well, Balaam isn't thinking thinking straight anyways. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey which you've always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing there in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed down low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I've come here to oppose you because your path is, is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I certainly would have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. 
in the end, Balaam winds up blessing the Israelites instead of cursing them, which really upsets King Balak, but oh well. Balaam has learned his lesson from the donkey. And the lesson for us is this. Be smarter than a donkey, not less. You know, here, the donkey, you know, what the, you know the donkey's name in Latin? The donkey's name in Latin is Equus Asinus, from which we get the word asinine. And of course, the, its name in English gave us the phrase dumb ass. So here you have this Equus Asinus, and it's still more in tune with God than one of his prophets. Now, we need to be smarter than donkeys, not less, when it comes to God. Peter uses the example of, of Balaam's donkey in his second letter when he warns about the false prophets and the false teachers who are more concerned with making a buck than with following God, who will even deny Jesus for the sake of the money, even though Jesus gave his life for them. Peter says, oh man, that's like Balaam all over again. Here's what he says. He says, with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They're experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezer, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech who spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. So don't be like Balaam, dumber than a donkey, when it comes to God. Be smarter than a donkey, or at least as smart as a donkey, and open your eyes and see what God is doing. And follow him rather than your own greed or peer pressure. That's our first donkey lesson from the Bible to be smarter than a donkey. A second lesson is found in the two commandments in the Bible to help a fallen donkey. Now I know you don't get too many opportunities to help fallen donkeys in your life, but, but let's be smarter than a donkey and think about how we might apply these commandments to our own lives. The first one is in, in Deuteronomy 22, we have this commandment. If you see your fellow Israelites, ox or sheep straying, do not ignore it, but be sure to take it back to its owner. If they do not live near you or you don't know who owns it, <clears throat> take it home with you and keep it until they come looking for it. Then give it back. Do the same if you find their donkey or cloak or anything else that they've lost. Don't ignore it. If you see your fellow Israelites' donkey or ox fallen in the road, don't ignore it. Help the owner get it to its feet. Now this is just straightforward being a good neighbor, right? You know, if, you're, if your neighbor loses an animal or a coat or anything else, well, don't ignore it, but take care of it and try to return it. And if your neighbor's donkey breaks down, translate again in your mind, take your neighbor's car or his truck, if your neighbor's donkey breaks down, help them get it back on the road. 
Now, I don't think there's a person here that, that wouldn't agree that that is a, a, a good commandment, a, a wonderful way to live. You know, if your neighbor's broken down, hey, don't just drive by him, stop, help him out. We, we would all agree with that, I think. But in Exodus, we have this same commandment of kindness. But this time, it isn't your friend's animal you found. It's your enemies. Exodus 23. If you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there, but be sure to help them with it. What? God wants us to treat our enemies' animals the same way that we would treat our friends' animals? God wants us to help our enemies just like our friends if they're broken down on the side of the road? Well, Exodus says yes. And that's donkey lesson number two. Treat everyone with the same kindness. You know, our response of kindness shouldn't depend on who owns the donkey or the coat or whatever. The donkey had no choice of its owner, but we have a choice on how we respond to its need. The Bible in Romans 12 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Two friends were talking about how one of them responded to a real jerk at her work. This guy would, would single Cammy out for, for ridicule in meetings. He'd point out her mistakes in front of everyone. He would make comments about her appearance about her weight, and give her the very worst tasks at work. And Cammy hated this guy with a passion. Then he was in, a, in a, cost, a car accident and he was hospitalized, and he needed someone to take care of his dog while he was in the hospital. And as you might expect, he didn't have any friends. There was no one there to take care of the dog. So Cammy volunteered to do it. And her friend was shocked. She asked, Cammy, why would you help him when he's been such a jackass? And Cammy told her, his being a jackass doesn't get to determine what kind of person I am. Now you might not encounter somebody with a broken down donkey, but you might encounter plenty of the other kind. Who they are doesn't have to determine how you respond. Donkey lesson number two is treat everyone with the same kindness. Now let's look at one more donkey lesson from the Bible here. If you're in vacation Bible school this week, then you know that on Wednesday, the Bible lesson that, that the kids were looking at was the story of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. The adoring crowds, waving palms, you remember the story, right? As he comes riding in on a donkey. And the kids heard Luke's version of the story 
of that wonderful parade, but I want to read you John's version because John tells us why Jesus did that, why he came riding in on a donkey. It's in the 12th chapter of John. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Now John says, it is written. Where do you suppose it was written? In the Bible, back in the Old Testament. John is paraphrasing Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the full foal of a donkey. Zechariah prophesies that when the righteous king comes bringing salvation, he'll be riding what? A donkey. Now, is that the animal that you would choose to ride triumphantly at the head of a parade? I don't think so. I mean, what would be better? Maybe a massive elephant like those Indian kings, you know, one that has those, uh, like, shelters, ice houses on top or something, whatever those things are called. You know, that's a way to come in on a parade. Or maybe you come in riding a fierce lion, like you were some kind of lion tamer and you have total control over them. You might do that. Come in like a lion or on a lion. To be honest, what the people back then expected was for the king to come in on a majestic horse. Kings rode on stallions, powerful war horses, or in chariots pulled by teams of a beautifully matched equus calibi. Because that is what the Romans called their horses. Not equus asinus, but equus cavali. Horses were the equivalent then of a Ferrari or, or maybe a monster truck. Rare and expensive. Generals rode horses. Kings rode horses. Horses told everybody, you were somebody. Equus Asinus, on the other hand, the donkey, is, is what the common people rode. They were like the used Toyota Camrys of their day. Common and cheap and often unreliable. Hence we have two commandments in the Bible of what to do when one breaks down. There is no commandment of what to do when your neighbor's horse breaks down. It's about their donkey. Your neighbors didn't have horses. They couldn't afford them. They had donkeys. In Jesus' day, if you wanted to impress people, you ride a horse, not a donkey. Which is probably why the disciples were a little confused when Jesus chose to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. John concludes his story this way. At first, his disciples did not understand all this, this whole donkey bit. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him.
At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after he was glorified did they realize these things had been written about him. Only after they saw Jesus humble himself on a cross and be raised in glory did it finally click. Jesus was fulfilling prophecy and teaching a lesson about God when he rode that donkey in. Oh, that's what he was doing. Oh, now we get it. Now we understand why he rode the donkey. And what did they get? Well, that's donkey lesson number three. They understood that God prefers humility. God doesn't care what car you drive. God doesn't care if you're famous or popular. God doesn't care if everybody, including you, think you're all that. God prefers humility. And so Jesus demonstrated that by riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and then demonstrating it again by dying a criminal's death on a cross. And Philippians 2 tells us, and Philippians 2 tells us to be just like him. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of his servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. God prefers humility. So Jesus rode in on a lowly equus asinus instead of an equus calibus. Now there are other stories about donkeys in the Bible. We don't have time to get into all of them. But usually the donkeys are just something in the background, just a minor character, character in the stories. Like Donkey and Shrek, they never get their own movie. And at best, the position of annoying talking animal is what they have, like Balaam's donkey. But I think the lessons they have to teach us are worth remembering. Like, don't be asinine. Be smarter than a donkey when it comes to the things of God. Open your eyes to see what God is doing right in front of you. And treat everyone with the same kindness, friend or foe. Whether they're driving a donkey or a Camry, treat them with the same kindness. And finally, remember that God prefers humility. So have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who humbly rode a donkey into town. These three biblical lessons are worth remembering. And as for whether uh, parfaits are delicious or not, that's not biblical. That comes from Shrek, so you just have to make up your own mind about parfaits. But these other three are things of God. And so let's remember them. And let us pray. God, do help us remember these lessons from donkeys. Donkeys, who, kind of a humble and lowly animal, doesn't get the, the publicity and the spotlight. And yet you call us to, in some ways, be like that. Be smart enough to see you when you're right there in front of us. 
that we would be kind enough to help others, even if they don't like us. Lord, help us to, to be humble like you. To not try to be the great someone, but to be those who are great at serving others. Remind us of that this week. In Jesus' name, amen.